Welcome everyone to Awaken the Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Terry Wildeman. You know, every once in a while, we come across someone who does extraordinary things. My guests all have done extraordinary things and bring with them their insights, their values, and powerful, powerful stories to help you make the leap in whatever that is holding you back. And trust me, today's guest is no different. This is a lady who has such a powerful story of how she overcame health challenges to help her become a remarkable person who supports women and the aging process. Has that piqued your interest? Well, it certainly piqued mine when she reached out to be on the show. I'd like to introduce you to Annie Godreau. Did I pronounce that correctly, Annie? Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I did it again. You did. <laughs> Annie's career spans 25 years in the public relations design and branding industries, servicing Fortune 500 clients such as Nestle, Molson, and McCain Foods, embodying a contagious zeal in living life to its fullest. She practices what she preaches. And isn't that refreshing, people? An accomplished endurance athlete, Annie has now completed over 10 marathons, including the prestigious Boston Marathon, as well as three long-distance triathlon Ironman competitions. She has done so while living with, listen to this, folks, while living with cystic fibrosis, a genetic disease that affects the pancreas and the lungs. To further her passion in the health and wellness area, she recently graduated as a holistic nutritionist and she founded VEEV, that's V-E-E-V, dedicated to support the health of middle-aged women live, or to help support the health of middle-aged women live with vitality and strength. Welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, when I read that you have cystic fibrosis and that you are a runner, I was like, okay, I want to know how she does that. I want to know, first of all, your story of how you were diagnosed with cystic fibrosis and how you were able to use sports and in your athleticism to help you be the strong, vital, amazing woman that you are today. Well, I was diagnosed as a baby um, and uh, following a few months of clearly showing some symptoms. And uh, this was in rural Quebec in North Canada. And my parents moved to a bigger urban center, which had proper hospitals so that I could receive treatments. In a way, you know, Faith already had decided that um, this disease was not going to be the focus of the family because unfortunately my mother was suffering from bipolar disorder. And back then we knew very little about uh, mental illnesses. Uh-huh. Sure. And it was a little bit, well, first of all, you kept, you know, you brushed out on the carpet and, uh, you know, everybody received Valium and uh, uh, you yes. were, you were sent on your merry way. Yes, you were. Right. And of course, you know, that's 52 years ago. Now, Valium you know, was course, a really big drug when we were growing up. 
Yes. And, you know, either you were not on it or you were completely passed out, right? Yes. Like it was, it was. And the doctor were giving you that like candy. It's yes. like, you gotta be kidding me. They had no tools, no education really to treat these types of conditions, right? And I'm not even sure that back then she was really diagnosed properly, to be honest with you. Mm. So, you know, moving forward, there was little capacity for self-indulging. Often when you are diagnosed as a person, it becomes the entire focus. You're no longer a person that happens to have red hair. You're becoming the red hair. And that's a lot of what happens, I believe, in the psychology of disease, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and of course, I know you're very familiar with that. Yeah. So I did not understand that at the time, but this was a gift in disguise, you know? I had, yes, some issues, and I, I, I certainly was a, lot, a kid that was a lot more sick than other kids, sure. but I really kind of had to pick myself up, and I really had to focus on what can I do, how can I overcome this, and really never really talk about it. Even when I was going through difficult times, mm -hmm. I never dared talk about it because I knew that we were dealing with and I did not know what it was, but I knew we were dealing with something that was way bigger in my mother's struggle. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Right? So I think that that was the setup for a little bit of, you know, I've been told, well, maybe you were in denial. I don't think I was ever in denial. I think I always thought this thing is not going to define who I am. Right from the get-go, And I that, didn't allow it. that mindset is huge. I think so. Congratulations. So. That is Thank enormous you. because those of us who end up with diseases, you're absolutely right. We get defined by our disease instead of who we are as a human being. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we see it today. You recognize that. Oh, I, I think I was much older, but I knew intuitively as a teenager because I never spoke of it. I never, never spoke of it. I never spoke of it. I would say into my early 20s, I just, I focused on what are the things that I could do. My mother was struggling a lot more at that time. And one of my brothers definitely got that gene as well and was struggling also with mental illness. So honestly, I felt that I just needed to move forward. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I had my own, my own personal issues that I was working out as a young adult. Right. Sure. So and we all have those. <laughs> exactly. You know, kind of discovering what do I want to do with my life? And right. what is this life going to be? And how am I going to be in it? Yes. How yeah. do I choose to be defined? Yeah. And how do I not, how do I want to be known as? Yes. Because when people got, have been very upset with me with, how come I've never known that you had CF? How come I did not know that you were born with this and that you struggle with this? I often would say, because often it came with, I feel sorry for you. Oh, poor you. Like, wait, I was wait, missing wait, wait, something. Back up, back up a moment. People were upset that you didn't tell them that you had CF? Absolutely. Okay. Why? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I guess they felt that it was something that they believe was a very important trait, a quality, or characteristic that I had 
so-called hidden from them. And that I had withhold, maybe withheld some information, you know, I never looked at it that way. I always thought I'll be damned if I'm described and refer that, you know, that girl that's got CF. No, I did not want that to be. And you know, frankly, it's none of their flaming business. Very true. It is none of their business what you choose to tell people and what you choose to not tell people. You are being authentic with yourself. Mm-hmm. And in I think integrity so. with who you are. Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm absolutely oh. blown away that people would get upset that you didn't tell them you had CF. Very much so. You know, that Very says to so. me. That says to me that the issue is more with them than it is with you. Yes. And also, you always have to put yourself in the person's shoes first, right? And when you start telling people what it's like to live with a disease and then to have grown up with mental illness and to have an unavailable parent, and that was far more challenging than living with CF. That was far scarier. So... I, you know, when you start to understand that, to me, you quickly understand, I get it, right? It makes sense. It makes sense. This was a, this was a small thing that was going on and we felt that we had some tools and resources to deal with it. Whereas the mental illness, we were ill-equipped and it was so taboo, Mm. right? So I felt, I feel that, um, this was my journey and, Thankfully, this happened and it happened in a good way. And I'm glad because it made me far more resilient. Wow. So when did your athletic endeavors start? You know, very late, actually, because I did grow up being told all the time, you're fragile. You're, you know, as I said, you get labeled, right? You're fragile. Don't you go and do this. Now, my mother didn't have too much of that attitude because she felt, I think, perhaps, she's passed, so I'm going to, you know, uh, guess here. I believe that she felt that I could probably have the life that I wanted. She probably saw in me already then, right, as a mother, the potential that I had. So she did not stop me too much. But in general, you know, this was the message that was being told. So I did not believe that I had too much athletic ability until, interestingly enough, I was in the workforce and I was working all the time and I became quite stressed. And somebody suggested, you should start running. And I thought, oh my God, running. They don't know about my lungs. But I thought, what do I have to lose? Exactly. And the reason that I picked running was the fact that you had you don't need any special abilities to run. It's a very democratic sport, right? You don't need to be talented and coordinated, right? I was just like, well, I should be able to manage that. Even if I run slow, lots of people run slow. And that's how it started. I, I just would go alone on, and here in Toronto, we have this beautiful boardwalk that you know was along Lake Ontario. It's gorgeous. And I thought, well, I live here. I have access to this. Why don't I give it a try? So that's how it started. And interestingly enough, I guess because I had been, um, I think I, I had been quite a bit of a Taipei, 
I thought, well, I need a goal. I need a distance. I need a race. And that's how it started. That's how it started. And I did most of the, the initial stuff on my own. And then after, you know, 10 Ks and half marathon, I thought, of course I have to do a marathon. And then I joined a group. And then I tell you, it's like I drank Kool-Aid and I was like in heaven. I thought, this is it. I met my tribe. So what was it like running your first 5K? It was magical. I had never been part of a sports team. I had never been part of a group that did something together. And interestingly enough, running is an individual sport, but all the training and the racing is extremely communal. There are no strangers. Everybody is a friend. And I thought, oh my God, I want to, I want to breathe this all the time. It is wonderful. It, it is addictive. And I just loved it. I just loved it. There was no stopping from that moment. Wow. And then what was it like when you ran your first marathon? It was in Washington, DC, the Marine Corps marathon. And it was in 2004. I loved, I loved the experience. It was a tough very hot day, end of October, is Halloween day, and it was the hottest stink, and it was hard, and it took me way longer than I thought, and, um, but I finished, and I, you know, it's not what happens at the marathon that really was the key thing. It's the months after that I, it gave me wings, it gave me new confidence, Wow. I can only, but what did you feel like when, I mean, how were your lungs? How was, you know, was CF even a, uh, you know, did it hold you back in any way? Because it doesn't sound like it did. Yeah. I don't have uh, the most amazing aerobic capacity, you know, the volume, the ability to get a lot of the oxygen that normally would, you know, be coming into the blood. It's, it's definitely tampered, but I'm able to do it. And remember, you know, you don't end up um, running a marathon. You've got all that training, right? Yeah. I did all the training. I did everything that I was supposed to. So my lungs gain strength, right? They really do. Now, yeah. you know, I am not going to be recruited into the Olympics, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You look at what you've accomplished and what it is that you're sharing with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just a remarkable story and it's just really, really cool. And a real lesson for those who are uh, experiencing disease and how mindset can really be overcome. Uh, your oh, mindset oh. can really help to overcome any physical challenges you think you actually may have. I mean, look at what you've done. It, it's remarkable. And there are many, many, many examples, Terry, of this, you know, all all across our society, right? The psychology of belief is so powerful because I've, you know, became very interested in that later on. And the science is very clear that we put our own, you know, barriers, we set our own limits, and this in absolutely every area of our world, of course, you know, whether it's financial or intellectual yeah. capacities, etc. Um, there are many, many books that are scientifically yeah, 
you know, base that talk about this. So to me, just, I'm just one small example amongst, you know, so many people that I see having accomplished this. That's great. It really is. And, and I'm going to step back a bit. You're saying mm -hmm. that you're just one small example. I actually see you as a huge example because we hear these stories and hear these stories and hear these stories and yet we still sit and we do nothing we don't take the first step to own our own lives until finally one special story or one special thing just connects with us so deeply that it's the story that you needed to hear to get you off the stool to take that first step. So you don't know if your story could be that one, one story that pushes somebody over the edge. Uh, you know, so it's very special what you do. It's very, very special what you've accomplished. And you've also accomplished something else. You've uh, gotten to the world of nutrition mm -hmm. and women with aging. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, that's very exciting. Hey, as a woman who is you know, next birthday's coming around. <laughs> I'm curious to hear, what is it that got you into nutrition and working with women and aging? So I, I got into running, although my world, my, my, you know, how I was earning my life was as an executive, you know, working with consumer packaged goods, you know, doing mostly packaging and branding. Right. And, you know, I was this weekend athlete that would devour these books and these magazines about health and fitness. And when I did my first marathon, it was with a um, women's running group only. And the camaraderie was amazing. And they asked me to come, to come on later on as an assistant coach and then to start coaching that group. And I had never understood the concept of vocation until that moment. Because to me, like the skies parted. I thought this is the most gratifying, the most satisfying thing I have ever done. To be able to lead, to guide, to show people that they can, when their head is saying no, and, and I am leading them to, you know, showing them that it is possible and guiding them. It, it was magical. It was deeply spiritual. My problem with that job is that it was really not paying the bills. You know, it was a love, uh, a, a really love passion. But in the back of my mind, I thought, I am going to find a way to find a purpose that aligns with these values that I have and I can earn a living and support myself, et cetera. And, um, and it took me a while to, do, to be able to, um, to figure it out. But after I did Ironman, funnily enough, people started to ask me to come and speak at their places of work or you know, groups or networking groups about what it takes to train for an Ironman while you run your business. And I thought, well, just do the work. And I started to break it down. I started to learn you know, what was involved. And I realized that, I was able to speak a lot about it, but the one missing piece that I had that was missing was the whole nutrition side. 
I was always winging it with my nutrition. I was trying here, reading that, adopting it. I didn't have the base. I didn't have the science. So that was the trigger to, I think I'm going to go and get my nutritionist degree. And that combined with um, being in my 40s, I thought there is no friggin' way that I am turning 50 and I will be in the same place in my life. I do not, this is not acceptable. And I thought I'm going to go back to school, get that degree, and then figure out how I can serve because I had always remembered how much I loved coaching. I love seeing these women, you know? I have had hundreds of women that crossed the finish line because we went back to Washington for their first marathon. They would cross the finish line amongst all those gorgeous Marines and they would (laughs) fall into my arms all sweaty and completely like in tears. And I I cannot explain. There is no better sensation, no no better feeling, no no greater satisfaction in the world. Give me chills. It was magical. So I went back to school and then I went, oh my God. And I put my little marketing hat on and I thought, what are the markets that are underserved? Duh, middle-aged women. Yeah. We obsess over youth, but not just youth, women and youthful and this image of beauty and so-called, you know, perfection yeah. and I had started to observe what was going on also around me. You know, I was in my 40s. I saw people starting to have cancer. I started to see pre-diabetic friends. I started to see the crises that are happening um, when people were not being living authentic lives. And I was like, I think there is a beautiful opportunity for me to serve this population. Absolutely. nobody cares about. And I was seeing all this messaging around aging that I thought is pure BS. We are making aging look like a time of loss, a time of um, a spiral, you know, down where we lose, well, we lose our youth, we lose our beauty, we lose our capacity. And I thought nothing has been further from the truth because as I age, I feel better and I am so much happier. Oh, you know, I am right. Braver. I am. The older I get, the better I feel. It it is just absolutely remarkable. And you're right. When you are integrated in mind, body, and spirit. And, and, you know, it's funny that you say that. And and I'll I'll, I'll share this from the heart to validate what you're talking about. Um, I I was very ill in, in the beginning part of my life, on and on and on. Fast forward. I know that that had to happen because I had to learn a lot of holistic modalities to keep my family happy and to keep me happy. Okay, bada bing, bada boom, here I am. I am now um, a, um, I teach, and I have been teaching resilience for the last 25 years. And what I know is that this idea of what we look like and what we're me- who we're meant to be can really play with their minds. And as I said to somebody just yesterday on the phone, in my 20s and my 30s, and going into um, my early 40s, I was really, really skinny. 
I was very, very skinny. Now I'm not skinny, but what I'll tell you is this. I am the healthiest I've ever been in my life because I am healthy in mind, body, Mm. and spirit. Before it was not mind, body, and spirit. I was not healthy in my heart. I was not healthy in my mind. Uh, the, my, my, whereas my values were strong, my perceptions were skewed and things were off and on and on and on and on. And everything that I've done in the last 32 years has taught me how to own who I am as a woman. So I can validate what you are talking about in such a huge way. And thank you so much for what you do because we need you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so gratifying because the need is there and it, it, it is so powerful because when women hear this message, they go, Oh my God, you know, it doesn't have to be door a, there is this much more attractive door here. And that's the door that is liberating. That's the door that leads you to building your dreams. That's the door to, real happiness and feeling joyful yes right and you own who you are as a woman you, you own your strength your con- and a lot of it has to do with plain and simple with confidence you know yes. confidence is huge and oftentimes the people who tend to pull the rug out from under us the most are the ones we live with the ones we love the most are the ones who tend to do that and when we realize that it's great to have them in our lives, but guess what? You don't get to tell me what's good about me, what's bad about me anymore. (laughs) You know, I like me and who I am and I'm stepping in who I'm meant to become and who I I am meant to be. And you know, that's, that's a big deal. So tell me more about Vive, which is the name of your business that you created V E E V to help women with aging and become their powerful selves? Well, it is a holistic approach that really looks at all of the critical components that get you to have that sustainable high energy that can give you the vitality that you took for granted when you were, you know, in your 20s and your 30s. You know, it's not a secret formula, right? The ingredients to live with vitality, to have the life that you want. It's just a series of principles and you just need to obviously um, identify what it is for each person because we are all unique, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a one size fits all, but all of each of the key components are part of each of us. And then it's dialing properly for each person that leads you to that vitality, to having the energy you know, when people, I was mentioning, when people were asking me, how did you train for an Ironman and, and, read, and, you know, and lead a business? I say, this is possible for all of us, that level of output. It is 100% possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not superhuman as we very well established. You know, what is, what, when you start to understand what are the key components, you know that it's limitless. And I believe because as you mentioned, Terry, that we get into this time with the confidence, we can finally achieve the big stuff. We can. Right? We really can. And you know what? Ladies, it's time for us to rise up. It is the era of the female. 
energy, the feminine, the divine feminine is here. So the, um, you know, the one thing you mentioned about our society, isn't it interesting that in indigenous cultures and in other cultures around the world, women who are older are revered for their wisdom. But in Western society, we tend to toss old women out with the trash. Yes, becoming invisible. What is up with that? It's a very male-oriented decision-making is what it is. You know, women don't want that, you know. We don't want that. You know, I, I will never buy a product. They don't want it for themselves either. So, you know, it, it's whether it's men or women, actually, they don't want to be put out to pasture. No. Uh, they don't want to be disrespected. And, and uh, some of my clients have been um, men who have retired and are going into more other careers. And they're very frustrated because they've, they ended up having to go into business because they could not get hired because of their age. Yes. Oh, ageism is alive and well. It's awful. It's it really awful. is. So all I'm, that I am, system is just, just, just yeah. going away. Absolutely. I am hoping, I, I see a lot in our society, though, some beautiful uh, glimmer of hopes that there is more conversation, more openness to what do we each have to bring mm-hmm. um, to each other. And um, the, you know, Harvard Business Review mentioned not that long ago that the a- average age of successful businesses, the founder's age was around 47. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know why, because we're starting to bring some wisdom. We are starting to apply the life lessons and having the emotional maturity to be able to, you know, build these businesses mm-hmm. and also to have the guts to like go forward and, you know, um, uh, realize these dreams that we've had. Like I, there's no way I would have been able to go back to school, you know, in my thirties. I didn't have the wisdom that it took that I finally had in my forties. So there's a gift in that wisdom that there's not enough tea in China, you know, to make you go back. (laughs) Got Got it. Got it. So Annie, one of the things about being a nutritionist is that you understand uh, about a lot of the chemicals uh, that go into our food, et cetera, et cetera. What is the biggest thing that you see in our food today that really is unhealthy for us? Well, I think the, the biggest, biggest thing is our disconnect with food. That it is... Um, you know, and it's not about, oh, I grab fast food and I'm, you know, I just want convenience. It's all the time, you know, our disconnect with food that it comes from a land, you know, land had to be farmed and the, the effort that is put into that and the respect of everything that it takes, you know, we need to have clean soil and we need to have clean water. And, and, and because I don't believe that it is, again, one size fits all nutrition, but I do believe that being connected to the food is something that should be universal. Whatever philosophy of food that you may have and that you wish to go under, um, because when you start to make those choices, you make better choices what goes into your, into your body, the brands that you buy, how you live your life, 
and it impacts your neighbors, it impacts the workers, it impacts the policies that we make as a society and how we are able to feed people that are marginalized right now and not even having access to fresh food. So I think that that's the biggest thing. What about, um, and, and I have to bring this up because it's so perverse in our society right now, what about food allergies? Yes, that's huge. A lot of food allergies are caused by the, a very unhealthy gut. So there, I, there are actually some fantastic books written about how allergies are really created by you know, the poor nutrition that we now have and how the gut sees some elements, you know, uh, a perfectly fine food and sees it and then decides that this is an enemy and creates an autoimmunity, right? Allergies. So that's why we also see a rise in autoimmune diseases right now. Poor gut health. Mm -hmm. The good news is that we are starting to understand gut health a lot better. And my hope is that we are going to start to see uh, new modalities to treat allergies, new modalities that will help reduce this incredible rise of autoimmune diseases. However, people should know this, between science being you know, really, really clear and obviously well-supported and peer-reviewed, between the time that this is done and that it finds itself in medical books, it's 17 years. Wow. It's 17 years. That's a generation, right? A generation officially yeah. in marketing terms is 20 years. Yes. 17 years. So often the, 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 the protocols that are out there are really not effective. That's why I always recommend that people really do their homework to see what are the options out there in terms of healing, in terms of, you know, um, uh, a better suited solutions for their health. Spot on. So Annie, your story is remarkable. You have uh, really influenced, I believe many of us in being able to get past what holds us back. And I know you have so much, um, so much more to offer. How can <laughs> people find you? Very easy. So you did mention my website. That is probably the best way. Vive, which is V-E-E-V dot C-A for Canada, by the way, for all of the American uh, audience. So Vive dot C-A. And I invite people to just sign in. I have a wonderful guide that people can download. Then you will receive my newsletter. And also, I am always happy to have a complimentary call with someone so that they can get some immediate strategies to support them. So. Brilliant. Uh, is that both in nutrition and in running marathons? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love to talk about running. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here on Awaken the Possibilities. You're an absolutely delightful guest. And I know that your wisdom will go far and wide with your Awaken the Possibilities uh, audience. And to my dear friends who come in week after week to listen to our episodes, thank you so much for being here. We have great guests that are coming uh, down the line and just keep listening and just keep going to the website 
awakenthepossibilities.com and you can see everyone who is on the show from past shows you can see future shows that are upcoming as well as the current show so you can find us at awakenthepossibilities.com as i mentioned you can also join our facebook group awaken the possibilities business hangout and our um, youtube channel is youtube.com forward slash intuitive leadership so this has been a blast and i look forward to seeing you again very soon to your success <laughs>